Hi beautiful souls, this is Pamela. Welcome back to another amazing episode in Limitless Women. If it's your first time tuning in, I truly appreciate your time and I hope you like it. Thanks everyone for keep listening and for your support, it helps me to keep going. Also want to wish an incredible month of March, but most important, a happy International Women's Day to all the women that are listening right now. Behind every successful woman is a tribe of other successful women who have her back. Don't forget that we rise by lifting others. And being a woman is a superpower. I'm super excited for this interview. I have no doubt that it will help all of us in many areas of our life. This episode is about building meaningful relationships, but most important with ourselves and being able to understand and have better and healthy relationship with family members, friends, co-workers, partners, etc. We also speak about its complexity and complications offered by another point of view. So happy to present a dynamic duo, Nilo and Nina, co-founders of Hello Iris, which started as a dating platform for women in tech. But then they realized that it was more important to help people building meaningful relationships, starting with themselves. And it's amazing to see Hello Iris evolution and how today provides guided meditation based on personalities taking a task that generates a three-page report personalized. The report looks at your unique lens, experience, and action, helping you to explore your experience in the world. We should enjoy and learn as much as I did. Welcome, Nina and Nilo. I'm super happy and excited to have this interview with you. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much. <laughs> I am seriously thrilled to talk about so many topics, and one of them is about relationships. So I would like you to tell us a little bit more of what you do. Yeah, so Nilo and I are co-founders of a company called Hello Iris. So what we do is we generate psychometric profiles based on the way you talk. Uh, so imagine something like a Myers-Briggs test, but instead of doing multiple choice, you just write the way that you normally do as a person, answering three questions, and we generate this profile about how you see the world, what matters to you, and how you respond to that. Uh, and then we use that profile to help you get a better sense of how do you show up to your relationships, what are the things that actually matter to you, what context are you sensitive to, and the whole point is that so you can see how do you see reality, how do you color it in a different way, and once you become aware of that, how can you relate better to other people by understanding that everybody sees the world differently. And so we really wanted to build a company that would help people have better relationships, and that's the approach that we've been taking for the past year or so. Awesome. Yeah. Because I think like a relationship is one of the important things in life to understand. Be able to be in a relationship with other people, yeah. but first of all, with ourselves. Exactly. Like, exactly. Because if we are good with ourselves, then we can be good with others. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And for a little bit of backgrounds, I'm just coming out of another company that was a double-sided marketplace in the film and tech space. So we were helping connect freelance film crew with production companies and with startups who needed a high-quality film made. And then ended up shutting that company down after three years, met Nini shortly after, and then here we are. <laughs> yeah, for me, like, weirdly enough, I was also in the film space kind of way back in the day. But then transitioned out of that, was working in tech. So I worked, like, I was one of the first employees at ClearBank. After that, I was working a lot in, like, the blockchain space, like, doing tech and things like that. But... I was always really, really interested and passionate about kind of self-development and like relationships and that was always a question I had. How can you have better relationships or how can you show up to your relationships more authentically? And this kind of project that is Hello Iris, I was working on a side project for a few years. Like I was just looking at how can 
the words that we use or how can how can I learn more about somebody through the words that they use? How can I learn more about myself through the words that I use? Um, and I was doing a lot of research on that and all these things and then built this kind of like algorithm and I would just like paste like texts from like guys that I was dating and I'd be like, what is he like? You know, <laughs> like how can I talk to him better or like things like that? And then I found that it was, you know, weirdly like working for me and I thought that it was like a nice little tool that I had. How can I make this bigger? How can I have more people that take that can take advantage of something like this or can actually start to think about how they show up to their relationships and who they're with at a deeper level. But I had no idea how to turn that into a company. And then Nina, and then that's how she helped me make it into reality. Awesome. Those that they are not really related for what psychometric report or psychometric method. Can you explain us a little bit? Yeah, so psychometric is just basically like an analysis of how somebody's mind works. Right. So like essentially a lot of like psychometric frameworks are like, I don't know if you're familiar with Myers-Briggs. So it's essentially like you answer some questions about yourself. So you'll say, you know, like in a particular situation, are you more likely to enjoy, I don't know, reading a book at home on a Friday night? So are you more likely to go out on a Friday and enjoy that more? Are you when you're doing a job? Are you do you like to follow orders or do you like to work by yourself? Or it'll be questions like this and you'll just answer these things based on the way that you are. And then they do some sort of analysis on who you are as a person. So they'll say you have like these types of tendencies, you have this type of personality, you like these things, you're probably suited for these types of jobs, something like that, right? So that's Myers-Briggs is an example of that. There's also something called the Big Five um, that and analyzes people on five traits of like conscientiousness, agreeableness, neuroticness, neuroticism. neuroticism. <laughs> but essentially the way that these ones all are is they kind of pick a few core traits and they'll say, and they'll try to rank everybody on this axis. So for example, Myers-Briggs will look at something like introversion and extroversion, right? So introverted people are more like quiet and they like to be by themselves and they're not as sociable. Extroverted people get a lot of energy from being around other people. And then everybody who answers this question, like either they're more extroverted or they're less extroverted, right? And then so they kind of put people on this kind of whatever gradient, like give them a score. And then the way that that kind of works is that it ends up kind of being used as a tool to evaluate people. So it's like, well, you know, maybe I think that or being extroverted is a good quality, right? So if somebody is like less extroverted, I'm like, oh, well, they're not that sociable or mm -hmm. and then you, you even think that about yourself, right? It's like, oh, maybe like it's cool to be this type of a person. Like even the questions, right? Like, are you a visionary or are you a realist? It's like, oh, well, being a visionary is cool. Like, I'm going to say that that's what I am, right? Um, and so these things are used to kind of evaluate people. But the way that we do it is... We essentially just say, so similar process where you answer some questions and then we give you an analysis, but instead of just picking some traits and saying you're 20% this, you're 50% this, and that there's like some sort of an ideal score to get, it's all about every person has a particular experience of the world and has a way of seeing the world. And because of that, there's some things that you're more sensitive to and there's some things that you're less sensitive to. And depending on what's happening around you and whether or not you're experiencing something that you're sensitive to, you may act in any kind of a way, right? So you may be really like extroverted if you're around people that you love. You may feel really introverted when you're somewhere that you don't know anybody. You may feel really neurotic if you're having an argument with your mom and that's something you're sensitive to, but you may not be neurotic at all when you're at work when you can have a level head, right? So it's sort of like understanding people in a more holistic sense and kind of Firstly, accepting about ourselves that, yeah, there are going to be things that we're going to be sensitive to and 
and that's okay. And two, understanding that everyone just has different things that they're sensitive to. And there's nobody who's better than anybody else. And I think that was one of the things that we were really interested in kind of bringing out. And it was difficult for you, your life, to have easy or complicated relationship with people? I think it's interesting. So in terms of my relationships, like I found they've always been good, but I really took it to heart this idea that relationships are work. And so I was like, okay, well, this is hard and this is tough and it's been tough for a long time, but that's reality. Like that's what relationships are. And so a lot of the things that I would wonder about and the questions I would ask myself are like, how hard should it be? How much should you adapt in a relationship so that when you have two people together, you know, you change a bit to accommodate the other person, they change to accommodate you. But how much is too much? How much should be a natural fit at the beginning? And I think these were always questions that I had been considering. I mean, I think everybody has different challenges in relationships. Mm. Um, and that was the one that I was really aware of and trying to figure out, like, how can you have a good relationship? How can you make it last for a lifetime or 10, 20, 30 years? And was really, really curious around that. Uh, one of the answers, I think, is when we acknowledge our ego and can it be removed or not, it's how it can last in a relationship. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we all have bad days, we all have bad moods, yeah. and when we are having a conversation with someone else, and we don't even know what word make the other person explode or get yeah. mad or mm -hmm. sad. But when we are in a hard situation, we don't tend to put ourselves in the other one. Mm. Yes. So yeah. that complicates everything, and that's all about ego. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like ego is an interesting <laughs> thing because it's such a natural part of who we all are. And I think, at least the way that I think about like a lot of like self help things, they talk a lot about oh, like letting go of your ego or like not having fear. It's sort of like making something good or bad. And I feel like you know, fear, ego, all these things—they are a natural part of who we are, and they like have a purpose. But then I think the challenge is like when you just blindly apply it to everything. Even with ego, it's saying like, "Oh well, like I just want to like not have any ego mm -hmm. ever." It's mm -hmm. like, well, no, it exists yeah. in us. Like it's part of our experience. But even just understanding, like I think even just the awareness of it, right? To say like, oh, "Okay, like right now, the reason that I'm feeling this way is because it's touching on my ego." And then actually like seeing that and being like, okay, well I'm upset right now, but I know that it's it's my thing and it's not something that's like real. So I can just kind of allow it to happen and then after it's done, like look at it more realistically, right? Instead of, because I think what ends up happening is like you go into the cycle of meta feelings, right? Where it's like you feel upset and then you're like, well, I'm upset because my ego is like, why do I have an ego? God, and then it's just like, and then you just kind of like keep going on the cycle of feeling bad about feeling bad. Whereas if you're just, okay, yeah, I have an ego, so does everybody else. It's hurt right now, and that's okay. And then you just let it kind of sit. Because when you're really upset in something, right? And let's say like personal thing, argument with my boyfriend a few weeks ago or something, and then he said something that just like hurt my ego. And I felt like, oh, I don't want to talk to him and I feel really offended and like I want to be angry. And But it's like, even if you understand that, okay, what happened in the situation? He said something and it made me feel embarrassed. And that's a feeling that I don't like. And I don't like this person that I care about to see this side of me that I don't like, or that makes me feel embarrassed. And so even that understanding, it's not negating the feeling. It's not mm -hmm. negating that, oh no, I shouldn't have an ego. I shouldn't be upset that, you know, yeah, I'm upset, that hurt me. And then I think it just put framing it like that in my own mind was like, okay, well, I'm upset for a few minutes, but I understand that this is because it's triggering something that's sensitive to me. Because you can see it in that way, you can 
move past it more quickly. Whereas if I was caught up in it and I was like, oh, well, he said this to me and how dare he and like, blah, blah, blah. And then that's where you're like letting the ego train kind of take you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. But it's like as soon as you recognize it, I think that's already like reducing the steam and it's reducing the momentum. So it can't go that much further. Right. That's so true. Yeah. And really has been difficult to have a relationship with people in general, like through your life. Definitely not easy. I would say that I... Like all these things you're talking about with like coming from a place of ego and I was very much the kind of person who like came into all relationships like that. I had a lot of chips on my shoulder about like, you know, how should somebody relate to me and how should like even the idea of like for a long time I was like very afraid of like somebody breaking up with me. And I was like, I always have to be the one who breaks up with that person. Like even these things like that of like not wanting to be in positions of like vulnerability, not wanting to have somebody like you always want to have the upper hand, I guess, in like whatever relationship that you're in. And that was really the place that I was coming from at it. And I think, and just like putting a lot of expectations on the other person. So I think kind of the reverse of you, yeah. right? Like I think she was much more like, okay, this sucks, but like I'm going to work through it and relationships are work. And I came from the perspective of it's either perfect or I walk. And like that was like the first time you have an argument with someone, it's done. The first time they see you in a way you don't want to be seen, it's done. First time they say something to you that slightly offends you, it's done. You know, and all it's these. So and so what ends up happening is you end up not having any real relationships because as soon as it's not perfect, you leave and, and then it's you, not your way. Exactly. And then you just like see this person and you expect them to be this like Prince Charming. You're a real person is not a Prince Charming. They have things that are wrong with them. There's things that you don't enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I think that's been one of the lessons that I'm like, honestly, like through my friendship with Nina a lot is like, I'm really like learning that to be like, okay, well, there are times where you're not going to like what this person is saying. You're going to have arguments. You're going to have tough times. And the real like depth of a relationship and the real love is to be able to work through those times because as long as something is perfect, it's easy to be there. And I think that's it. Like I always thought like love is like you love everything about somebody and you think that they're perfect and you always want to be around them. So the second somebody saw something in me that wasn't perfect, they'd be like, well, he doesn't love me. This is it. Like, this isn't what I want. Real love is being like, I hate you right now, but I'm going to stay. <laughs> and I still love you. <laughs> and I still love you. And I think that builds that trust that it lets you be yourself around someone. And then it lets you show the parts of yourself that aren't perfect because you know that that person is going to still think that those things suck, but they're not going to leave, right? And I think that's, and I mean, it's for sure, like some, the reality is somewhere between my yeah. experience and your experience, yeah. right? Like, because I think you were coming so much from the other side of, well, I hate everything yeah. about this, but I'm going to stay. Yeah. And I think yeah. there's definitely a point where something isn't, doesn't feel like natural or fulfilling in any kind of a way, you should definitely walk away, walk away. Yeah. but that's the challenge, right? Like, not, no answer is, exactly, where's the yeah. balance? There's no answer that's like always the right one. That's awesome. I think like we can dig in <laughs> so much about yeah. this topic. We already talked about like what inspired you, but what's your real vision for Hello Iris? So it's something that's been changing as I think we keep digging closer to the core of what we're building. And so originally we started with, well, we want to build a better dating experience for people because dating sucks and it shouldn't suck. It should be more fulfilling and meaningful. And then a few months passed and we're like, okay, but maybe it's not about meeting the right other person. Maybe it's about knowing what you want and what's important to you. Because if you don't know that, how can you make a meaningful choice about another person? And how can you start to have a meaningful relationship? And then we kept working. We're like, okay, and maybe it's not just about romantic relationships. <laughs> 
maybe it's about every relationship you have. Maybe it's the one with your friends. Maybe it's the ones you have with your co-founders, your co-workers, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so how can we keep making this a more fundamental concept uh, as opposed to a super specific, like, well, it's just for dating for people 28 to 35 with a high disposable income and, you know, whatever it is. And so I think right now the dream is to create this tool that people can use to understand themselves better. Almost if you think of something like mindfulness in the form of headspace or calm, where you get these guided meditations that say, you know, when you feel angry, what are the feelings that arise in you? Can you notice next time those come up? And instead of latching into that feeling, can you just be aware of that happening, kind of sit in it, and let it just go through you? And so we're thinking of doing the same idea, but actually specific to you. So you might notice this kind of situation gives you this kind of feeling. Next time, can you notice that feeling? And instead of taking it as a reality, just see that it's something that's passing and that it's a layer that you're putting on top of your reality. And right now we're still working on the technology, the algorithm, and the profiles that we're creating to do that. And I think, yeah, our next step is really just honing out that things that when people come to us, they fill out this question set, they just write in a way that's very natural to them. They can get this profile and be like, oh, I actually, I never noticed that this kind of situation does actually make me react in this way. And I am sensitive to this context. And I do respond in this way and, huh, what does it mean to me if I can now start to notice that and have more control over my reality and my responses instead of just living on autopilot? And I think that's really, really, like one of the things that like for me was really important was this idea that you're just kind of living blindly, you know, like you live like a lot of times like you don't have that, like a lot of times we don't even think about like going into ourselves and thinking and even if we do, still our perception is kind of warped, right? So it's like, I'm going and I'm just upset at these things and these things happen and I think that that's just life and I'm upset and I'm not happy, right? And so it's just sort of, and I don't even know what I can do or what I can change or how I can have any effect on that, right? And I just think that that's life. Whereas I think just being able to see like, oh, like literally from being blind to just like being able to see like, oh yeah, like this is what makes me upset. Oh, oh, it's so simple. Yeah, I guess that's not really what's happening from the other side. That's just the way that I'm perceiving the situation. And oh yeah, when I get angry, it does make me feel this way. And just a little bit of awareness on that will help you notice it when it comes up in life. And that just the act of noticing it automatically makes you not be as attached to it anymore because it doesn't feel like this is real and it's happening. It's just like, oh yeah, that's my sensitivity. And then, oh yeah, that's Nina's sensitivity yeah. and it's different than mine. And even seeing that like the other person doesn't see the situation the same way as you makes it feel less real somehow, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. oh yeah, like, that's just all in my head. It's not actually happening that way. And sometimes it hurts you even less. Yes, Absolutely. exactly, Absolutely. yeah. Like I've been trying to do exactly to be in knowledge of my feelings. If I'm happy or mm-hmm. sad or missing something or craving specific food, like asking myself in fact, why are you craving this? Why are you mad at this? Yeah. Because you can switch your mood really quick. Personally, my mood can switch. Not because like I have mood changes, but I cannot take any situation. Mm-hmm. I really can. Yeah. So you will notice if I'm happy, mad, sad, if I like you, if I don't like you. <laughs> um, super transparent. Yes, yeah. Like you will notice, but if we don't ask ourselves yeah. why we're having this emotion, yeah. Yeah. or feeling, 
we don't even know and we're just like acting and reacting just the way it is it's just the way I am mm -hmm. yeah and I think there's a sense of helplessness that comes with yes it's kind of weird because it's a double-edged sword because on the one side it makes you feel like justified in doing those things and like not having to do the work on yourself it's like oh that's just the way I am I'm an asshole like that's just me yeah you know but on the other side like you also are helpless like for me for a long like and I think a lot of the way that you're raised and like the things that you kind of are told as a child like form how you develop as an adult as well and I feel like for me like my whole life it was like, oh you know like Milo's an asshole but she's smart that was the thing that I was told from like childhood so it was like and then I'd grow up and I of course I was an asshole like I was like oh, yeah that's who I am and then just even thinking this idea of like, well, it's unfair. Like I'm really smart, but just because I'm an asshole, no, I can't be successful in life. That's super unfair. But then I think taking that and being like, it's just like a crutch that you're, like it is within your own hands to like become a better person or like to try to be more like kind or empathetic yeah. or all these things. It's kind of nice to even like even read those things. I can choose now if I want to mm -hmm. let this affect me in this way, right? Versus no, that's just the way that you are, doomed to be always upset by these things, yeah. right? And when you understand that part you respect the other person yes. as well. Yes, yeah. Because you understand that someone else is going through the same thing. Yeah. And I think it's still very much a practice. I don't yeah. think a it's... A lot of practice. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, not magic. Yeah. Just I think the mental understanding of a different viewpoint existing yeah. doesn't magically make all feelings go away. But I think it gives you at least tools to put things into place, like put frameworks into place of, okay, I know if during a conflict, if you approach it this way and I approach it this way, in the heat of it, we're probably not going to be super calm and like, hmm, I see your point, I see your point, <laughs> valid, valid concern. Mm -hmm. But if we can put in a framework like, okay, we're going to just say everything we feel, then we're going to take an hour, and then we'll come back, and then we'll have a normal discussion. And if you know that's something that will work for both of your conflict resolution right. styles, then you know that that's going to help. I think what's really interesting, too, is before we started the podcast, I think you were mentioning this idea of like happiness or talking about like what happiness means and things like that. And I think big kind of misconception that a lot of people have or like what people strive for is avoiding bad situations or thinking that happiness means that me and you are never going to have a fight. Yeah. That means that's I've understood, I'm mindful, and now we are never going to have a fight because I figured it all out. And I think the reality is like, no, you were going to... Completely different. <laughs> just because it's the whole point of life is that we have to feel all these things. Like We, we have to feel heartbreak. We'll we have to life. feel sad. We have to yell at each other. We have to be angry. Like All these things are part of the full experience. And I think marking any time something bad happens as like, oh God, this means I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like you're not letting yourself live a full life. The only thing is like, yeah, you're going to have fights. But if you have this awareness, you don't let things stay for long, right? So it's sort of like the idea of like happiness or health or whatever, it's you go through the experience, you let it happen, and when it's done, you let it go. So fight would be like, yeah, we fight, we yell at each other, whatever, but we understand at the end of the day that she doesn't hate me and I don't hate her, and we both reacted in the way that made sense to us at the time. So after it's like, all right, well, I forgive you, you forgive me, mm -hmm. I understand that this is why you did this and that this is why I did this and we can move forward. Instead of just like, well no, we never ever have a fight now because we figured out yeah. how life yeah. works. But all the time we're going to have circumstances. Of course, yeah. So when we are at the top of the happiness with the other person, like we're never going to fight again, like mm -hmm. what you were saying. Yeah. But life happens again yeah. so it's like yeah. a roller coaster and i think and i think it's like the the problem isn't necessarily oh fights happen and you're happy or whatever it's the way that we measure 
or mark happiness. Having this like little system in our own mind that's like, well, okay, happiness is when we're laughing and we're not fighting with each other. And then just like any moment where that's not happening, I'm not happy. There's a difference between being like, oh, I'm doing things with my life that I love, I'm fulfilled, I'm around people that I enjoy, but that doesn't mean that you're not gonna go through tough times. And that, that doesn't mean that there's gonna be days where you're like, yeah, I, this day sucks and I just mm -hmm. wanna stay in bed all day and I hate everything. Like those days. I think days, it's very conscious of that. Yeah. Everything gets like easier. Yeah. Because I remember when I had my first disagreement with my boyfriend, but we really never had a discussion before. It was a big deal, but we never scream at each other, we never mm -hmm. yell. We had like these rules of not saying bad words to each other, mm -hmm. like disrespect anyway. Mm -hmm. So it was for me the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I felt super bad. No, it's crashing my reality. Mm -hmm. Why through expectations? He told me, just let it go, it's yeah. fine. When you're working with yourself a mm -hmm. lot, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah? And then people are not working on this same yes, level. Yes, yes, yes. And then you engage yourself with mm -hmm, that situation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you get really frustrated. Mm -hmm. How can you deal with those situations? 100% of the time it happens with me where it's like, oh, why am I spending so much time thinking about this and trying to be aware and you're not doing the same? But I think the other side of that is like also accepting that fact and what about that situation makes you react in that way again mm -hmm. like why can you not also just accept that that's the way that the other person is yeah. and i think that's just another way to practice yeah i think that's it even understanding that like that's just the way that that is and it's and i think like for me i've definitely been in situations I've had relationships where my partner was at a level where like i felt like i had been at that level and I worked through all the issues that he has right now, and I felt responsible. I think there's one quote that's really interesting, and it's like, you can only teach people things that they already know. Mm -hmm. And it means that people are only receptive to things that they already kind of sense, or at least questions that they already have. So if you haven't thought about something, or you don't have any questions about it, or you don't care, or you haven't gone there, I can kill myself to tell you about it, but you're not gonna see it because it's not a question that's like come up for you. And I think that, like, I mean, saying this idea of like, oh yeah, just accept them for the way, yeah. it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. whatever, but it's really, really hard, right? Yeah. And I think, especially when you're like in that kind of a situation, and especially when you see interacting with that kind of person starts to bring you down as well, start to poison you when you've worked so hard to rid yeah. yourself of those things, for sure it's really toxic and it builds a lot of resentment. And it's not worth it. And it's not worth it. Yeah. And I think at some point you just have to say, you know what, I tried and I, I'm just going to take care of myself now. Yeah, and it has yeah. to deal with family members as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I say accept, I definitely don't mean you have to stay and commit to that relationship or be there for all of it. Like mm -hmm. accepting can mean I get it and that's fine that you are where you are, but I don't have to be around that. Yeah. I don't have to stay in this relationship yeah. or whatever situation it is. Yeah. yeah, it's hard, especially when it's people that you, like whatever, family members or partner, people that you love or care about, it's so hard to not have that almost prejudice on them, mm -hmm. where it's like you want them to be the way that you want them. Yeah. Like, Why are you this way? Or like, it yeah. bothers me that you're not the way that I want you to be, right? But everyone has their own kind of path, mm -hmm. but Definitely, at least for me, it was really, really hard. Even after I ended that relationship, I felt resentment towards that person for months. And I felt like, why did he make me feel this way? Why did I have to put up with that? Or why did I, because it was touching on all the things that I'd like worked on and tried, but it took a really, really long time to let that anger go. 
part of that is also, okay, yeah, right now I'm angry. I try for months to just be like, no, it's fine. He has his ways and it's okay. And then like two weeks later, like, but I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> it means that you're not over the Yeah, and I think it was honestly like, this idea of like feeling bad about feeling bad and I was like, there's a yeah, it's like, no, but I should accept it, but I should like, whatever. And it's just, okay, you know what? You are also a person and you're also allowed to have feelings and he makes you angry and now you're resentful towards him and let yourself be, right? And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm resentful to him. That's fine, you know? And I think that was just something that once I kind of was like, okay, like, yeah, I hate him. I'm resentful. Then four months went by and I was like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I'm starting to not care as much and like that's okay things have to take their time I think that's the hard part where it's like you from the beginning are like I am a self-actualized person and mm -hmm. I accept you as no we all have feelings and we're all gonna get hurt yeah and it all takes time it all Everything. takes time yeah and I think it's it's accepting that we are also not a perfect thing that is always gonna make the right choice just as much as we allow that person to be who they are and like make the mistakes that they do we have to give ourselves that yeah, that's so true so I love when you were like making the closure of how color iris is now built. First, you have to know yourself. Mm -hmm. It's the most important thing. Second, to know how you want to get engaged with other people through relationships. Mm -hmm. So I have a couple of questions and comments towards mm -hmm. all this. You started to build this website as other dating app, right? Originally, yes. It's so cliche right now, and I think there are multiple dating apps. Personally, I have never been on those apps, but I feel it that it's a little bit shallow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So someone told me yesterday, imagine people, they work all day long. They don't have time to go out to find the right person. Mm -hmm. But you always have like at least one hour a week to go <laughs> on a golf show or library. It can be yoga class. Anyhow, I feel that people are really lazy. And right now, everything is through technology, mm -hmm. through our phones. Mm -hmm. so it's obviously easier to go on a deep level and I find out that dating apps right now are very sexual. Mm -hmm. You put your profile picture, showing yourself in a sexual way and then you complain why guys they are just looking for, mm -hmm. like for something sexual with you. So how this is affecting the world of the relationship world? Hmm. I feel like there's a lot of layered issues in there from the time it takes to the shallowness to is it over sexualized I think in terms of the shallowness and the time I think everybody especially so we started with really wanting to target Millennials which is essentially our demographic and uh, how old we are and the things that we care about and we lead like really busy lives and we go work out we have friends we go out we go for dinner we go to work we work long hours and I think given that my options for meeting someone through a dating app are like, great, I know this is more or less what he looks like, I know this is his age, I know this is his star sign, nothing about that makes me want to gamble with an hour or two of my time to go meet this person. Like, what if that's awful? Then I don't want to, I'd rather have stayed home and not have met this person than to spend two hours doing this. And so I think because we have such limited information, there's no reason to be like, yeah, you know, with the one free hour I have a week or the two free hours, I'm going to go and meet them and see what comes out of it. And I think especially the older that you get and the more that you have dating experience, you've been in relationships, it's not so much anymore about like, yeah, I'll just meet whoever's out there. It doesn't matter. I'm just down to meet literally anyone I think is cute and hope it goes well. It's more like, eh, 
I appreciate time alone, time with my friends, and I don't want to just meet anyone. But you don't have the tools to find anything that's more meaningful than that. And so I think that's a big challenge, at least when I was more actively dating and you know looking through apps like Tinder and Bumble and Hinge and all of that. In terms of the over-sexualized or hyper-sexualized nature of it, I guess that hasn't been my experience, which doesn't mean that it's not true, just when I've been on it, I think it's a balance of one, presenting yourself in a way that you think exactly. matches what other people are looking mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. and also matches how you want to present yourself. And I think on the apps, there's a certain unspoken requirement, like you have to have a body shot, you have to have a picture of you with friends, ideally with a puppy or a dog or some kind of like animal. Baby. Yeah, you want like one directly of your face, you want one where you're traveling, and there's just this idea of what you should include. And so I don't know if for women that feels more like, yeah, I have to show what my body looks like so that the person is like attracted and, you know, knows what I look like. And maybe that's partly where that comes from. Or I don't know, or maybe that is also what some people are looking for. It's like literally just to hook up to. I think what's really yeah. interesting is like, especially like apps like Tinder and stuff, they have become so broad that literally almost every single person like has a profile on them, mm -hmm. right? And so I think because of that, you've really, like you start to see everything. It's sort of like putting everything on display, right? Like if you were before dating apps or if you were going on to a club, there might be a girl in a corner who's like propositioning a guy with her boobs or something or like whatever, like <laughs> those things would still happen, but it wouldn't, you wouldn't see that because you'd just be in a different corner doing your own thing. But it's sort of like one platform where everyone is putting what they're looking for. So you're going to see someone who's literally just looking for sex. You're going to see somebody who's looking for a relationship and all these things. And the challenge is when all of these people are in the same platform, like you as the person who's looking for a relationship has to swipe through 80 guys who are just looking for sex, right? And then it's just because they're all in the same place. Whereas like one of the things we were thinking about was, okay, if we create an community that's more curated and kind of like tailored to one specific type. I mean, there are some dating apps that are doing that. Like there's one for guys with beards. There's yeah. like one for people who have pets. Like there's wow. all these like, Seriously? like, yeah, yeah. there's wow. anything you can imagine under the sun. But we were thinking about like not segmenting people on such superficial things. Like whether or not someone has a beard is not going to make you <laughs> like have a relationship with them. Like that doesn't mean anything to me. Like the way they're divided, it doesn't make sense. So we cared about like creating a community where it was professionals who are looking for something more meaningful and they're kind of like, because our options are usually like either Tinder or whatever, which is just like super broad and you literally have to spend hours and hours sifting through things to maybe find, it's like a needle in the haystack kind of project, right? Because you're literally sifting through every person in the city. Or if you want to be more serious, you go to like Match or eHarmony or whatever, which are like really for much older people. So it was like, what can we create that's modern, that's for our generation, but it's for people who are busy, it's for people who, and the communities of people who want something more real, who are professionals, and who are even like thinking about these concepts of like working on themselves and like working, and like working on a relationship with a partner and not even this idea of like, oh, I just want to find a Prince Charming and I want him to be perfect. And it's like, how do you create that kind of community where the likelihood of you meeting someone who matches you is much higher? And you don't have to do all that work of sifting through millions of people to find the one person that might be right for you. Which I love that. Just stop wasting your time. Yeah. Why are you wasting your time? Yeah. Guys out there, girls out there, they're just like looking and swiping through application to application. Yeah. And I think that ch the challenge with that ends up being 
when you have that so the way that you would think about it is like well you know what like okay if i have a weekend or like a month or whatever i i can swipe through even if i have to swipe through everybody here i will swipe through and then maybe i'll find somebody and like i'll see the one that i like and i'll take that one and that's fine but i think the fact that there's that many options actually kind of blinds you to even seeing if there was somebody on there that you would like right because you that person just gets lost in the sea of everyone that you're seeing and just even like what you were talking about like oh it's just a photo and a star sign mm-hmm. and like a little bio or whatever because there's this idea of like every the idea of what a nice profile looks like and everybody tries to do that right so it's like if i make a profile and if nina makes a profile both of us are going to have a face shot both of us are going to yeah. have the body shot both of us are going to have the travel shot like we're all going to have all like our profiles are going to be identical the only thing that's going to be different is that my face is different than her face that is the only that doesn't give you any kind of and so that's the same for all the guys so you're seeing all the guys oh i like i like the office i like blah 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 like all these things that are identical profiles just the faces are different and so maybe for guys it's like oh well like if i'm dri- driven by like what somebody physically looks like i can say i like her face or i like her face and it's fine but i think as a woman so much of what we look for is not just what a guy looks like it's so much more about like who he is, how we connect with them, our chemistry, like so many things. Like I can tell you all the guys that I've dated look vastly different from each other. Like there's no like physical thing and like even the ideas of like oh yeah, like he has to be tall, like whatever. Like you'll meet somebody who's like super tall and like you're not attracted mm-hmm. to them. And you'll meet somebody who's like not as tall and you're like yeah, he's super attractive even though it's not what I would have thought technically I'd be attracted to, right? So I think there's so many layers and that kind of sifting action doesn't let you even see, even if that person in front of you was somebody that you would have liked. And I think it's happened to me a lot where like I'd be out and I'd meet somebody and I'd be like, oh shit, like yeah, you, this person's great. And then like, I remember I met this guy and then he was like, yeah, like, oh yeah, I'm on Tinder. Are you on Tinder? And I was like, yeah. Like, and then he's like, let me show you my profile. And I saw his profile and it was the most generic thing and I was like I don't know if I would have even swept on this but talking to you you're so interesting and I actually mm-hmm. like you you know and it was yeah and I think that's every single time right that's why I always wonder you don't want to go deeper or waste your time or you don't want to get like emotional mm-hmm. because you're fear you're fear to fall in love to like someone else mm-hmm. looking at you through who you really are mm-hmm. so when you're talking to 10 different guys those 10 different guys are talking to 10 different yeah 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 so when you get to the next level you start passing by then you're 25 26 27 you get to 35 and you keep doing this exactly the same things and then you wonder why you haven't met the one yeah yeah i mean i think it's tough Yeah, it's tough in general, like whether you're looking in real life, whether you're looking on an app, whether you're hoping your friends will set you up. I think just relationships and finding one that you want to stick to and work on and really invest in is hard. Um, I think the dating apps make you feel like you're making progress because you're actively doing something. You're actively looking through people. You're like, I'm putting myself out there. I'm looking for people I might, you know, match with or have a good time with. And... Yeah, I don't know. I think that also makes it easier to opt out of people. And be like, oh, well, this one we've already had a fight. It's like two months in. Mm-hmm. I'd rather go back and find somebody else because clearly, like, why do I want to waste my time on this thing? Mm-hmm. Whereas I think if you slow down a little bit, 
and give each one more of a chance, I guess, or more focus on one relationship at a time, mm. I think you can pay more attention to a person and invest more in a person. And then you know if it's going to be a good match for you yeah. or not. And I think it's interesting because when, uh, and over the summer, we were doing a lot of user interviews yeah. with women who were like on dating apps, who were single, like all these things, um, just to try to understand like what are the pain points and like is the product we're creating like addressing that. And one of the things we heard consistently was this idea of dating burnout. And it was essentially, you know, like you talk to a woman and she'd say, yeah, like uh, I've been dating on like Bumble or whatever, Tinder for two years. And I'd be like, okay, like have you had any, And but I've had zero relationships, right? And then the whole point is because they're dating on the app, they're also not meeting anybody in real life. Right, so they're stopping putting themselves out there in real life. So they're just like on the apps all the time and they go on so many first dates. And, and so what ended up happening is they would go, you know, be like, oh, yeah, like I would have periods of like a month or two months where I would have a date every night. So like four out of like the seven nights I would have I would go on dates, uh, different people, like whatever, maybe sometimes the same person more than once. And then happens, happens, happens. You have another bad day, you have another guy who ghosts you, you have this, you have that, all these things. And then I get to a point where I'm so tired and I'm so jaded and everybody starts looking like the same. Like I'm tired of going on these dates anymore. And I and it's like when you're in that mindset, you aren't even giving the person in front of you a chance. Like you're already going in super guarded and super defensive and already angry because you're angry at the six guys before him who treated you badly. And you're like, you're just gonna be another one like him. So it's like you're already not in a position that even if that person was right that you'd be able to open yourself up to actually see them and then so what happens is then they would go on these like i'm done with dating i'm done with the apps delete 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 i'm not going to date anyone i'm just going to focus on myself and then six months go by but then now you don't even know how to meet people in real life anymore because you're so dependent on the apps. because you're out of the game Exactly, exactly. And I found that guys have their game so like yeah. up. They, they say this exactly the same thing to absolutely everyone, same response, same text. It's like lack of creativity. Yeah. But I think it's tough on their side too. Yeah. Like we did interviews with yeah. men and women um, and just like, yeah, all demographics, everything. And they're like, yeah, I mean, women ghost me, women don't show up. I yeah. have to talk to like 50 women to get a response. Yeah. And maybe one or two will reply to me like, what's the point of me putting in creativity to every single message when I know that just maybe like one or two percent. That's it. Yeah, that's it. For them, it's really, really tough too. Like, and yeah, they get really like ghosted and rejected a lot as well. And I think the expectation is that, um, like one of the things that was really, really cool was when we talked to women and we were, we one of the questions we asked them was, oh, okay, like, how do you know, like, if the relationship's going well, or like, your date's going well, or you're happy in a date, or whatever, uh, or like chemistry, uh, all these things, and she'd be like, you know, well, like, I go on the date, and, you know, like, I went on this date, and I don't know, it just like, wasn't, the conversation wasn't really there, I didn't really feel it with him, and yeah, I just thought I didn't want to like, like, we were talking about like, talk about a good or bad dating experience, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then she'd be like, yeah, you know, like, I just didn't feel the chemistry, like, it was nice, like, whatever, didn't feel it. And then we talked to the guy, and then he'd be like, yeah, you know, I went there, and then I was like, okay, how, how can I be funnier? How can I tell her things to make her laugh? And like, how can, and it's just, and the difference was like, women think about this as like, oh, if the conversation's not going well, it means we don't have chemistry, and it means it's not a good match. 
the man is thinking, I have to make this woman laugh, and if it's not going well, it's because I'm not performing in this date, right? And so I think it was, it was really interesting to see that side as well, and it's like the amount of pressure that they kind of put on themselves to like, be engaging, be attractive, pay for the dinner, like do all these things, and so it's like, there's a lot of weight on their shoulders yeah. too, and I think what that results in is like, oh man, like I've done this so much, so they get their own resentment towards yeah. us, right? Which yeah. is like, man, I have to like pay 80, and like it's expensive, first dates are expensive, right? You pay 80 bucks, and this woman never wants to talk to me again, <laughs> like, and so it's like, I think having a little bit of empathy for, like having that little bit of empathy for their side, like softens you up a little bit too. So you go in and you're like, you know what, like this guy, he's probably been rejected so many times, like he's tired, I'm tired too, like he's just the person, right? Like, and he's trying to find love too, like probably deep down, right? What are your advices to meet someone in a deeper way? I think it varies person to person, like what works for me for finding somebody that I have a deeper connection with isn't necessarily how Mimi would approach it or that you would approach Mm -hmm. it. Um, But for me personally, like I really like meeting people in a non-dating setting mm-hmm. so I and I think this has changed for me in the few years mm-hmm. but specifically so that you can see a person in a context where they're not trying to impress you where you have them both like opted into being interested in each other and this is a date and we're looking at each other like is this going to go anywhere but just yeah I don't know we're playing volleyball and you're on my team or whatever we're going out with friends and you're a person that is a friend of a friend and so just seeing you in a situation where things develop or don't on their own is to me the best way to meet someone because I don't feel like I'm putting on a show I don't feel like you're putting on a show you're just being yourself I'm being myself and we can see it's a perfect scenario yeah yeah they know when you're overacting and we know perfectly (laughs) when they are trying to be someone else and it's goofy I think it's tough too because when you're in that kind of and I mean you know, to be fair, there's people who meet on dating apps that end up like staying absolutely, together absolutely. and getting married. There's people who get blind dates set up and whatever. Um, I yeah. think it's just in that scenario, it's a little bit harder because you both are going in with that expectation mm-hmm. of like this is a relationship, mm-hmm. and you don't get to know that person at all at all before you opt into the relationship. So like mostly before like my current boyfriend, like I was dating people that I would meet either through apps or like it would be like a, we'd go, I'd be out at a club or a bar and I'd meet somebody. And so it's like a month into that relationship, you've maybe met each other four times and you're already like- In a relationship. In a relationship, exactly. And it's just like, I don't, there's so much about this person that I don't know. And it's, every action is like more pressure on it because it's like, well, he's my, he's a guy and like this and it's like, And the question becomes like, well, okay, now as this person starts to see more parts of me, are they going to stay or go? Because they've kind of opted into this relationship before they even got to know who I am. Absolutely. Right? Whereas like, for example, like my boyfriend, I met him at like work and it was like, we were already friends for like two months before anything even happened. And it was like, oh, in a situation where there was not really any kind of pressure on it. This person just got to see me like going into work with no makeup, got me see, saw, got to see me have bad days, got to see me all these things and like was like, okay, well, like I like this person and like I'm already, and so you're already more invested, in a weird way you're more invested because yeah. you actually feel something for this person versus like, oh, like this is just a person, it's like a stranger and now we're opting into this like relationship mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. But I think regardless of like, at least the strategy that I always use, regardless of how I meet that person, or I guess now I'm starting to use it, I don't know if I ever did before, um, is in all the moments where I feel that twinge of like, oh, like, 
I don't want to show my real self right now or I want to put on something for whatever. Like if I feel that twinge, I will actively go in the other direction mm -hmm. and I will show because the whole point is like if I feel like, oh, if I show this part of me and mm -hmm. he's not going to like mm -hmm. it, if I feel that thought, I'm going to show it. Yeah. Because then I feel like that's sort of like a filtering process. And it's sort of like, oh, well, if you don't like this mm -hmm. now, how much longer can I keep this game up? Right. How much longer can I mm -hmm. pretend like this isn't a part of who I am? Right. And I mean, obviously that comes with like caveats of like, I'm not just going to be a dick to you all the time <laughs> like and be like, if you don't like this, leave. But I think things that are kind of, you know, even little things like, oh, yeah, like I'm going to like look really cute when I'm like sleeping next to you and yeah. like all these like things where it's like oh no I'm wearing sweatpants and it's fine you know like you're gonna have to see this at some point anyway right so I think even those little things or like if you want to have an art like something bothers you and it's like oh well like I don't want to make this into a thing like I don't want to be that kind of person who's upset by this thing I don't want him to think that it's like no I'm gonna say this because in this relationship it's just you and me and if this is upsetting me, then that's... And it's for long term. It's yeah. going to be for long term. Exactly. So you have to be really conscious about exactly. that. Exactly. So I think that's that's been a thing that whenever I notice that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to actually go into this and I'm actually going to say it and I'm going to see what happens. Because um, I think even if that person leaves, that's a good filtering mechanism for you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I do have a transparent relationship. I always say whatever I think, mm -hmm. feel, every single emotion, every single feeling, <laughs> even he can notice it, mm -hmm. he can feel it, mm -hmm. but I'm super open, I cannot keep things, Yeah. and I cannot fake, I can't, so it's, it makes it healthier, yeah. actually, I think, that hiding or whatever, because you, when you hide so many things, you have so much pressure, mm -hmm. your shoulders, yeah. that you cannot <laughs> flow in a, in in a natural way yeah and you were talking at the beginning of uh, the conversation that sometimes you don't even know how to say things which makes it like more complicated mm -hmm. to be like honest or open up yourself because you don't know how the other person is going to react but at the end the sooner the better yeah because when you came up with uh, I don't know something that you not a secret, but something personal that you really don't want to be really open or like touch the, the topic, it, which makes it difficult. The more time goes by, the harder it is for you to say yeah. it. Yeah. And when you say it, like you might hurt the other person. So you waited all this time till I was like already yeah. in love or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you told me this, I could just like run away like yeah. right away. Yeah. Because it's difficult, but it's easier. It's better and it's healthier for everyone. I have a question. You both are in a relationship? No, I'm not. You are? I am, yeah. Did you use the psychometric <laughs> <laughs> Yes, actually, funny awesome. story, funny story. So, yeah, he worked in the same kind of, because we did an accelerator program called Techstars, uh, and he was like a founder of another company in that program. So when we were going around, like, looking for data for our psychometric framework, um, some of the people in our office, including him, like, whatever, filled out a profile. And that was one of the reasons I started to like him, was when I saw his profile. So... Nice! Because <laughs> I got... It cause works! I, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I felt like, oh, I know, like, this is a... Like, when you get to see someone on that kind of a deeper level, and, like, you compare that to your own deep feelings, and you're like, oh, I could see this type of a person working well with... 
kind of who I am and what I need and that kind of stuff. And just finding that you, I don't know, care about what you see, right? For how long you've been dating? Uh, two, honestly, like, I want to say two to three months right now. Okay. But, but it, so far it's working. Yeah, but I mean, even time for us is like, it was a three-month program and every week felt like a month. So it just felt like really, really yeah. long. So I'm I'm saying like two three months now, but it honestly feels like at least six like or seven. Yeah, yeah, it feels Which, much longer. Like yeah. what I'm asking is yeah. like if the psychometric report it's working because you can like a profile or you can match with mm -hmm. you, but it doesn't mean that it's gonna work. Yes, 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 That's yes. What I'm um, yeah. So I think it's working in the sense that it's helping me. A lot of things when like well he'll do something or he'll say something that I'm like ah oh, like whatever I think just looking at that profile and just being like oh okay like this is how he's feeling and like this is why he's saying these things instead of taking them as personal in mm -hmm. the way that I would perceive them right so Did I you think... show him yours? No, I should. You that you are not in a relationship. No. Are you to do psychometric experience? So I've already done my profile so i know what that looks like but my head is not at all on dating right now or on finding other people or seeing how compatible i am with them so i'm more using the psychometric profile to see like what are the challenges that i'm currently facing and how are what are some things that i can do to make my life easier by realizing how i'm filtering my own reality so that when i choose to date again and when that becomes interesting to me i can approach that from a more healthy perspective how can we approach fear in relationships? Hmm. <laughs> that's a big one. I think that's something I've always struggled with, so I, I don't know that I have any tried and true advice. It's more like, here are the things that don't work that I've tried so far. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like maybe you would have What do you advice. mean by fear? Yeah, when we fear to, if we are not in a relationship, to never find the right one. Oh. Or when we are in a relationship, to be for the other person hmm that's interesting I think it's really really interesting because it's like a I don't know how you can not have those feelings because I definitely was somebody who had those feelings for like always you know like when I was in a relationship and I I feel like yeah reverse to you like I didn't have many long-term relationships and mostly like meet someone date for a little bit then either they don't want to be with you or you don't want to be with them and like it just fizzles out or something like that and so I had those fears for a long time so like am I ever going to have a real relationship am I going to actually ever fall in love is anybody going to accept me for the way that I actually am you know because you just have this experience over and over again where like you know the two month mark comes and like and I, like I would always like brace myself and I'm like it's gonna end now it's gonna end now like it's like and it always did right and even when you're single it's like am I ever going to meet anyone or like whatever I'm trying to think about how I stopped thinking about that because I really think that's a prerequisite to being able to mm -hmm. actually be yourself and be happy and to like find somebody because when you're in that kind of the state of fear you're you're kind of hiding the best parts of yourself you're not like open you're not receptive to opportunities that come up you're just kind of and every interaction you have because you have this fear, you're like focused on it so much and you're putting a lot of pressure on it, right? So like you'll meet someone and you'll be like, when is he gonna leave me? Like, ah. And so like the way that you're acting in that, when you're that tense like that is it not- flow. It doesn't It doesn't give you that kind of like, uh, it doesn't put you in a place where you're receptive to that person and like yeah. they're receptive to you. 
the beginning of when that started to be, for me, what really helped was taking the focus away from me and what I want from someone and putting it on that person. So like I remember about a few years ago, like I had this relationship where this guy was like really, really, he came in super strong and he was like, I really like you, like I'm so into you, like all these things. And then without even really knowing me, right? Like we just met one time and then he was like super in. And I just remember feeling very like apprehensive about the whole thing and just being like, well, he doesn't even know me, but he likes me so much. And then every step was like, oh my God, what if I do this thing and then he stops liking me? Or what if this happens and he stops liking And Because I felt like he, he was saying all these things to me without knowing anything about me. And then so obviously, of course, like two months goes in and then he just starts losing interest once he starts to get to know me a little bit better. And so that was like really, really painful and like kind of devastating because it was like, oh man, like this person, like once they got to know me, they didn't like me. I wasn't like good enough for them or I wasn't what they expected or all these things. And so I was really, really, I remember like after that breakup was so angry and I was like, well, he lied to me. He told me like he cared about me. Why did he say all these things? And now he's taking them back and like whatever, so angry. And I just remember for one second thinking, well, this person, when they came up to me and they said, oh, I like you and I want this thing to work, they weren't like a psychopath that was like, I'm just gonna take this girl for like two months. And then like, you know, that's not what they're thinking. Like in their heart, they're hopeful. They're like, I'm trying to like work with this person. And like, of course we've been in situations too where we think we like someone and for whatever reason, we stop feeling that way, right? And mm-hmm. and it's hard to keep going when you don't have those feelings. And it's like, and a lot of times, like you don't even understand why you don't feel that way about that person anymore, right? So true. And it was really interesting, but just trying to put myself in this guy's shoes for one second and be like, okay, if I, if that was me in that situation, and I've been so hopeful and I've gone in, and for whatever reason, I don't feel that way anymore. And like, what can I do? I can either end it or I can either be in a relationship that isn't fulfilling to me. That's not fair. And so I think just that was like the first trigger to be like, oh, that person on the other side is another human being and they have thoughts and they have feelings and they get sad and and maybe they need a little bit of like empathy. So I think that was like such a shifting away from myself and like what that guy can do to me and for me and whatever and thinking about like, yeah, he's a person and yeah, he has a tough too and like he's just trying to find love just like I'm trying to find love and like it's hard for both of us. Having that mindset helps you look at that person as a real human being. And when you look at that person as a real human being, you don't have all these fears. Your sense of isolation is less. It's so interesting. I think as you're talking, I was like, huh, I actually learned the exact opposite. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Yeah, I think for me it was like the opposite was learning to focus more on myself and less on the other person. And so for me, the challenge had always been, I'd get into these short-term, long-term, whatever relationships. And it was always about this other person so amazing. They're so kind. They're so thoughtful. They're so interesting. How can I be the person who makes them so happy and who like really lets them feel like that? And so that for me involved like, okay, well, that upset me, but I don't want to say that because that makes me look bad and I want them to be happy and I don't want to put that on them. I'll just deal with it myself. Oh, I actually want to do this thing, but they don't want to do that. And they seem like they really care about it. So, okay, I won't insist on what I want. And a lot of it was like erasing or deprioritizing things that I wanted so that I could take care of the other person. And so for me, it was like, I want to be in a relationship where I feel happy and taken care of and where my happiness is also a priority. And so the more that I try and change what I want to suit the other person, the less I can have that for myself. And wouldn't it be so much better if I could just say what I wanted and do what I wanted 
and find somebody who fit at that level as opposed to trying to like contort myself to fit to what somebody right. else wants regardless of how amazing a person they are like that's that's good and that's fine but that doesn't mean they're right for me hmm. and if I imagine that future and this was like a very recent thought I think of just being friends with Neil and us oh. talking a lot about this yeah I was like is that can imagine this going on for 10 20 30 years where I keep having to do this yeah. like Oh, normally I'm a straight line, but I have to be a pretzel for this to work. Can I be a pretzel for 30 years? No, that's ridiculous. Yes. Like, absolutely not. This is a short-term fix that has no indication for like long-term yeah. sustainability of a relationship. And I think just reframing that to be like, okay, what do I actually want? What's important to me? What are my deal breakers? Really helped me be like, yeah, whatever. That's, if it works, it doesn't. It's all for the best. If it doesn't, it's because I couldn't be the person you needed or you couldn't be the person I needed. Right. And that's so much better than just making it work for the sake of making someone else happy when you're not yeah. or vice versa. I can relate to you. I can be really flexible in terms of relationship with my friends, yeah. with people. So sometimes it's like tough because I also know what I like, what I don't like. But I've been learning that it's also in terms of um, romantic relationship to know what you're looking for, to be very specific. And that way you're not going to get really um, angry to yourself or sad or have a complex relationship just to know what do you want. Because if you don't, then how do you know he's a person? It's so interesting because it's even like having this kind of conversation with the three of us or yeah. whatever, I think the takeaway from all this is that everyone is different and they all need different things and there's no one prescriptive answer for what the solution is and I think it's like one of the reasons me and Nina are such great friends is that we both kind of come from the opposing sort of perspectives and we both kind of help balance each other out a and little respect. bit yeah so I think yeah. it's, it's a lot more like I'm coming from this position of like totally focused on myself and like expecting and being harsh on my partner because I expect so much from them. And so like Nina's perspective is like, no, like give a little bit like this, this, this. And then from her perspective, it's more like I give so much that I'm losing my individuality in the process. So it's like, I'm like, no, get it, do it. Like, so it's That's just like, awesome. so it's yeah. kind of like, and I think the reality is like somewhere in the middle, but even this idea of like, oh, you know, having strict rules about like what you're looking for in a partner, like I came from that, like I came from, and I mean, I may have come from like a very extreme end of that where like somewhere, like having some rules or some thoughts is like useful. But what I found was like the partner that I'm with right now is in no way even ticks one of the boxes of like what I thought I wanted and like the playbook that I was going by and like yeah and I'm and I re and it makes me crazy to think that I would never have met this person mm -hmm. or I would never have given them yeah. a chance if I was going by that playbook and if I was ticking off like nope he doesn't fit this and he doesn't fit this and he doesn't fit this and whatever and it's and I think that idea of like leaving a little bit of flexibility and being open to because sometimes you might not know you don't know you might not know what you need or you yeah. might not be aware of what actually makes you happy yeah no that's right? true but like I was thinking more about like in terms of values mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all those kind of uh, things they, they do matter mm -hmm. they do yeah, yeah that's mm -hmm. fair yeah. like does not like religious or um, values education like important topics mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they matter the rest i agree with you like, that's really fair yeah flexible do we have 15 more minutes yeah absolutely sure, yeah. yes yeah, okay are. so i have a couple of questions from some ladies <laughs> Amazing. uh really interesting questions the first one 
what happens when I think the other person is emotional stable, available? My doubt is how to identify and don't get myself confused through the other's actions. Okay. 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 Yeah. Like how I know that it's not a lie. Oh, interesting. Because this is yeah. like the same question many women shoot yes. me yeah. in different ways, but it's yeah. like basically the same one. How I can know that the other person is lying? I think, okay, there's a few questions I even ask around that. What are you worried the person is lying about? Mm. What happens if you assume that they're telling the truth and they are lying? What is the worst case scenario? Like, is it a small thing where you feel hurt, you feel betrayed, or is it like a big life-changing thing where this alters the course of your life? And I think that depends on like, if you're on a first date with someone and then it turns out they're not a good person, like that's fine, you just don't see them again. Versus, oh, it turns out my partner of 20 years has been lying to me for all 20 of them and I never realized. I think those are two very different things. I don't know, for me, that question or that concern almost makes me think of like, how can I avoid being wrong or how can I avoid being hurt? Mm -hmm. And I, to me, that feels like that's the underlying concern with how can I tell if they're lying or not? Is how can I avoid them lying to me so I don't get hurt? Or how can I avoid being wrong about who I think this person is? I mean, I'm not a psychologist and this is all just from my life experience, but I think it's just over time. I prefer to give trust wherever possible, wherever reasonable and wait to be proven wrong on that front. I think also trusting yourself if you feel uncomfortable or if you feel like something doesn't feel right and you don't want to be in that situation and you can't even pinpoint why or give a coherent reason if someone asks you, then that's also enough reason to just be like, no, I don't want to see this person again. And so I'd say there doesn't even have to be a concrete answer, like this is how you tell someone's lying, but more think about what is the concern you have about wanting to figure that out? How can you, and how can you give it time to find out, essentially? And do you have the capacity to give that person a bit of trust and see how it plays out? It's still a lot of time. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I guess the way that I understood that question is more in the context of like, okay, let's say I'm dating, like I met this guy on Tinder and I see him and he seems like he's perfect and he's like great and whatever. Uh, how do I know if he's like putting on this like mask like mask of like I'm the good guy or whatever to like get me to sleep with him or like whatever mm -hmm. and how do I know that or he's genuinely being honest right uh, and I think that was a question I asked myself literally with every relationship that I was with it was like he seems nice now but what is it, mm -hmm. what is it going to be like in a month but then I think the answer to that question is very much like if you're going in with suspicion it's hard to give that person space to like, it's hard to allow that relationship to develop. So it's, sort of, it's almost like when you're going in with suspicion, and I have done this so many times, like I think you go in closed and you're going in kind of like watching everything that they do. And you're like waiting and you're trying to like calculate everything, every interaction, like if he holds my hand here, did he look at another girl? Did this ha And you're just trying to like read into something and I think that just comes, again, like exactly from what you said, from not being able to trust and from being afraid of, you being know, hurt. being hurt. And I mean, fair enough, you know, like I, the reason I did that is because five guys did that to me. And so it's like, okay, well, like if it happens again and again, now I'm, I have this baggage and I'm worried. It's really tough because it's totally valid to feel that way. But at the same time, I think when you do feel that way, you are preventing the good relationship from coming through. 
it's sort of like you're creating this barrier and regardless of what that person is on the other side whether they're lying or whether they're telling the truth it's not going to come it's not going to work right because you're you're closing off right it's really really tough so i think a lot of what nina was saying around you know think about what is my core concern about like asking this question why am i afraid for me at least like giving that person that empathy was also really helpful to be like okay well okay why is this guy putting on a mask if he is right like that's sad it's sad for a guy to feel like like i remember i read this humans of new york they do mm-hmm. these like photos of like different kinds of people and there was this one guy it didn't show his face it was his back like sitting on a bench or something and this guy had this whole thing about like yeah you know women suck and like i'm just all about like i trick them then i have sex with them and then like this and it was just like this like really like everything which is like your worst fear about what a guy might be doing to you was what this guy had written about like how he thinks about women and how he treats them and all these things and there were all these comments that were like this guy is the scum of the earth and i just read that and i was like think about how sad that is that somebody thinks that the only way that they can, first of all can never get love and that the only way that they can even get sex is by tricking someone into it and i think it's even if you think about like if a guy feels that he has to do that and he has to pretend to be this thing that he's not just to be able to be with you and just to attract you like that's sad like think super it, sad it's super sad I and it sucks so sorry for this it, it sucks and i mean it for sure it doesn't negate what he's doing to you but i think if you can instead of being afraid and being angry to be like okay i'm going to go in with trust and if if that is what he's doing then i can understand that it's coming from a place of pain and it's coming from a place of sadness and i can understand that and i can understand that it's not about me It's also really interesting. Uh, one thing that Nilu and I talk a lot about is this idea of you see what you look for mm. or yeah, what you see is what you look for. And I think it's interesting that even if you go into this like into a date with the question, how can I tell if you're lying to me? You can never be proven wrong. There will never come a moment when you're like, "Oh, okay, great, he's not lying." Mm-hmm. You'll only see proof of them lying. Yes. And so I think you're also only hurting yourself in that case of like, "Oh, he said I don't know. He said he went to high school six years ago, but now he's saying it was twenty fourteen that he graduated. Whatever it is, kind of the math worked out there. Then you try and like pick apart everything they're saying, but there'll never come a point where you're like, oh, okay. Well, he said ten things that were true, and now I can rest easy and yes, let my heart yes, down. Yes, yes. And so I think even that becomes a really self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, and I think what happens is like one, you can only ever be uncertain or proven right. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. those are the only two yeah. options. So it's like as long as he hasn't lied, I'm still yeah. waiting, and I'm just yeah. waiting for the moment where he does lie. Yeah. And then I think what that ends up doing is like, either like at least in the relationship that I had where that guy was like really into me like whatever and then didn't work out was it essentially me being super closed off and like. Mm-hmm. suspicious it kind of one didn't make my personality come out at all so it was like this idea that this person was bringing out the worst side of me it, he was bringing like every time i was around him i was this kind of like uptight weird angry kind of person whereas like i can be really like lively and like fun and funny and like all these things and like all these parts of me that were things that i loved about myself and things that i wanted to share with my partner weren't coming out because i was closed like this And then also from that person's perspective when they're just seeing this suspicion from you and like not this closeness it kind of makes them even if they didn't start out that way they could develop into being that way right or they could develop into losing interest and so a lot of times like what happened for me would be like this person comes in strong then for whatever reason they lose interest and then I take that as he was lying to me 
but maybe he wasn't even yeah. lying to me. But it was because he kept seeing, like, he kept trying to connect, and I was just like this the whole time. And so he's like, well, like, you know, like, you expect that this person's going to love you and they're going to see, but then why do you expect that when you haven't given them anything? Wow. <laughs> so true. One of the things that we have to be really aware that you were mentioning is, like, when we don't feel ourselves mm -hmm. with someone, go away. If that person is taking the words from you, run as fast as you yeah. can, as far as you can. Because, yeah. um, like, I taught a um, really toxic relationship uh, before, and I'm super outgoing, and I was super introvert. Yeah. yeah. I was, like, yeah. always out, and it, I was, like, indoors. Yeah. I was really happy all the time, and then I was sad and crying. Most of my time, so I saw like a colorful life and I had a great life with this person. I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? So when that happens, just go. Let's jump to the other question. I love this one. What happens when the other person is the perfect match for you with the psychometric report, <laughs> but you cannot fall in love with him? You're not attractive to that person, you don't feel that is part of the perfect package. Yeah, I think if you're not attracted, then it's not the perfect person. No, of course, but like this girl or woman is asking what happens when uh, that person is like the perfect one for you. But you don't love them and you don't feel... But you don't feel like like attracted. But he might be like the perfect like scenario. Like why? Why happens this? So I, can, I guess I can talk about this a little bit. I think there's... This idea of like somebody being perfect for you is in a weird way like almost not looking at that person as a whole being, right? So it's like, this is me, these are the things that I need. So let's say, you know, good education, good family, whatever, tall, whatever, <laughs> values his family life, like blah, 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 like whatever my things are. And these things are a perfect match for me. So it's almost like, a checklist of qualities or things that make me happy or that I think make me happy and this person either has them or doesn't have them right and so that makes them perfect or not perfect but I think that makes that person even if you do love that person you don't love them for them you love them for the things that they can give to you right right and so it's sort of like going into a relationship with like a checkbox of well you know, he has a really good job, and my parents like him, and, you know, we're from the same cultural background, so that's good, you know, but, you know, why am I not turned on when I'm around him? Like, you know, he's perfect, but, like, he's not perfect because he's a full person, and you're only picking out, you're looking for these things of, like, filling into yourself, and regardless of who that person is, when you're going into a relationship like that, you cannot fall in love with that person because you're just seeing the five traits and you're not seeing everything else about them. So I think going into relationships without, like taking the idea of perfect match out of your mind and like throwing it in the trash is really, really helpful because it's like there's no such thing as a perfect person. There's just real flawed people, each with good or bad things about them. And I think you're that way you're just more open to meeting people. And then when you meet someone, it's like, oh, I really like this part of him and I'm really attracted to this or or maybe you will go through it and then you're like 
you know, like I thought he's really funny and like whatever, but when I kiss him, I feel weird and I'm not attracted to him. And that's fine and great, move on to the next person. And then I think at one point we'll come across someone where it's like, yeah, he's good and I like this about him and whatever and I don't like this part, but I'm willing to live with that. You know, and I think that just ends up being the question that you have, yeah. And I think for a, I guess slightly different interpretation of the question, but even assuming they're the perfect match for you in the sense that like they always make me laugh, I feel so safe and taken care of, I feel like they really felt whatever your considerations are for the things that make it a perfect relationship. But you look at them and you don't feel any sense of attraction or like, oh, I want you, like in a sexual way, in a romantic way. I think that is part of the package of a perfect match. And so we were reading, this was months ago now, and I can't remember all of it, but a blog that a woman wrote looking at what are the five things required for a good relationship. And it was like fun, psychological safety, uh, I'm going to lie about what it is, room to disagree, let's say. And the fifth one was physical attraction. And she was like, if you don't have that, the relationship is going to die. Of course, absolutely. And so I think that's the same thing. Like if you don't have that irrational love and romantic wanting for that person, then it is... It is a perfect friendship for you. It is not a perfect romantic match. That's a really good way to put it. And I think one of the challenges is also, like, when, like, at least in my experience, I feel like sex is something that gets worse, not better over time, Mm -hmm. in the sense that if you're starting, and I've been in these situations as well, like, when you start a relationship and you're just, like, moderately attracted to someone in the beginning, and you're like, oh, it's okay, I can, like, it's not fun, but I can, like... I, I don't hate it, I guess. Like, it's fine. Like, three months in, and you never want that person to touch you. Like, once, like, the fact that the novel, like, in the very beginning, that's when it's, like, new. That's when it's, like, oh, my God, like, I can't get my hands off of you. I'm just, like, and then over time, it, like, tempers down. But if you're already starting, like, eh, like, it just, it doesn't have legs, right? Like, you can only force yourself to, like, that's another way that you're not letting yourself be your real self. But being with someone that you're not actually attracted to. Finishing with this question from the girls, because there's lots, but I think this one, I'm gonna pick one. How to kill crash of expectation? Ooh. How to deal with the crash of expectation? Hmm. Yours or the other person's or? Yours. How you deal with that? So as, do you mean in the sense of like a relationship ending or in the sense of seeing a partner be not what you expected? Both. So I think it's impacted by how you enter the relationship. Yes. So if you go in being like, yeah, I'm going to see what this person is like, and I'm just going to be open to whatever they present to me, then I think you can avoid or at least mitigate that crash of expectations because you don't come in thinking, oh, this person's always so funny and they are never get angry and they're going to be like this and this and this. They're not being that way that I expect them to be. They're just kind of like, yeah, okay. And sometimes he'll make like weird jokes that don't make me laugh. And fine, alright, not a perfect sense of humor, and when you're more open to it, you don't have that crash. But I think the second thing is, like, how big of a disappointment is this? Is it like, oh, you're a normal person, you're turning physically abusive, and I expect you to not be, like, I think those (laughs) are, there's certain things where they're deal breakers, but I think, yeah, the other one just trying to go in more open and less seeing certain specific criteria in a person or certain check boxes. I think it's really interesting. This is a quite, this is a conversation we have a lot, but it's this idea of when you go in with 
questions. Like, let's say I'm going in to see, like, are you funny? Are you kind? Are you X, Y, like, whatever that I have in my mind. Do you care about your family? Like, whatever. You are just seeing the yes or no of those qualities in somebody. So you're like, yep, he's funny. Nope, he doesn't care about his family. Yep, like, whatever. So you're... And so the only way that you can see that person is within the confines of what you've defined as those qualities. But I think if you, and then so that becomes the expectation, right? So I expect him to be funny, he's not funny. You know, I expect him to love his family, he doesn't, or he does, or whatever, right? Um, and I think when we talk about, and this is like more in any context, not just kind of with guys or relationships, but mm-hmm. this idea of when you stop asking questions, the thing shows you what it wants to be. So sort of like if I go in to a relationship and I'm not asking any questions and I'm like, okay, I'm just here and let me just see. I don't know what you're going to be like, but let me just see. Then I can see, oh, he actually really loves his dog and, oh, he has this like really kooky relationship with his like friend and like he really cares about cars for some reason. And it's like you actually start to see who that person is. And so it's not about like whether or not he's funny in the way that I think about funniness or whether or not he cares about this specific thing that I think is important. It's more, I almost see it as like, if somebody is like, if you're thinking about like a chart with like check boxes and stuff, and you're like, yep, no, yep, no, yep, no. And that's how you see someone look on a page. Or you can see this like weirdly shaped like clay, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's actually got this thing going on and this part and this thing. And it's not at all, it doesn't fit at all into this thing mm-hmm. that you've defined. But then if you can see that, then you can say, oh, does this make me feel good? Or do I like this person? Or yeah, like I think then it's sort of like, even if you decide to leave that relationship, it's not because somebody didn't fit your check boxes or like you feel duped or like lied to or whatever. It's more like, oh, he's got all these things and it's it's kind of like what you said. It's great that he's he's his own person and he's a good person, but he can't give me what I'm looking for and that's fair. And it's not a point of you feeling disappointed or hurt because you weren't fulfilled, but it's just sort of seeing something and expecting the reality. Like that's... It's not his fault, that's who he is. And somebody else is gonna love the things that he has to offer. That person's just not me. Why it's so important to have unconditional trust? Unconditional trust? That's an interesting question. Why is it important to have unconditional trust? I don't, I I feel like that's kind of a, like I don't know, a little bit of a dangerous question. Just because unconditional trust to me also creates this idea of like, I'm just jumping in head first and I'm gonna like, you know, not see a situation and like I'm gonna let myself get hurt or whatever. I think it's sort of like you can go into something when you first meet somebody, it's I think it's important not to let the baggage that you have from previous relationships like destroy any chance you might have with this new person. And I, I think that's like, yeah, if I'm going into this new relationship and I'm like, because I've heard five times so I really don't trust you and like I'm already going in defensive, that not being open to that person just prevents you from being able to connect with them. So I think that doesn't let your relationship move forward. I think that's why that's important. But I also think if you see somebody treats you like crap like five times in a row, I'm not gonna unconditionally trust you when you've proven to me 
that you've hurt me before. Do you see what, like, I think there's a difference, right? I think there's holding somebody accountable and holding yourself like, I'm not gonna just let myself be treated like garbage and just keep trusting you unconditionally so you can do whatever you want to me. But I think it's like going in open and then letting that person prove to you how you should treat them rather than like either having a prejudice towards them mm -hmm. from the start. Absolutely. Yeah. So far, you have seen lots of women and been on this field. What makes women happy? In a relationship? In life and in a relationship. I'd say feeling like you have the autonomy to do what you care about and seeing progress that you make in that. I'd say that's been pretty, pretty common. And I feel like people who don't have that generally are not happy. So I go with that. I, I think it's interesting because, like, even for me, the idea of like what makes women happy yeah, yeah. is like at least one of the challenges that we have, like, in the world, and like one of the challenges that I really felt is the kind of like separation between mm -hmm. men and women. So it's sort of like men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Women are emotional. Men are logical. Like. These kinds of like generalizations of like what is what are women and what are men and what's different between them. Like I remember I was reading this like I was really into this of like understanding how men work and understanding how to relate to them and like understanding like I'm a woman so I'm like this like whatever. And I remember reading this book that was like talking about like how to. It was like a whatever like pickup artist book but like mm -hmm. reversed for like women who want like to get boyfriends that will stay with them <laughs> that was like the premise of the book um and so it had all these things of like yeah you know you should be like interested in like what he talks about and you should like be affectionate to him and you should be like blah 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 like all these like whatever like I don't remember at all what the things were but and I would just like take these notes down and be like yeah look I'm gonna yeah, then I'm gonna be like really nice to him. Then I'm gonna like ask him about his day. Then I'm gonna, like, blah, blah. like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna get him. Like, this is it. I, you know, I'm just like thinking about like how you can like trick this other person into like being with you. And I was telling my friend about it, and I was like, yeah, I'm reading this amazing book, and it works, and I've like done this and this. And he was just like, those are just being a good person. Like, and I think everybody likes that. Like, you're just being a good person right now. <laughs> like, and you think that you're doing this like crazy thing of tricking somebody and it's like, you're just being a good person. So I think what, what it like, what it ended up being for me was this idea of like, and even like with this whole idea of like empathy and like whatever, seeing the other person, realizing that we're literally like 90% all people and there's about 10% that makes us different between being men and women. So I think even this idea of like, what makes men happy? What makes women happy? It's like, we're all people. We all care about like, you know, having fulfilling relationships in our lives. We all care about having love. And then we all have parts of us that are different and different things that fulfill us, right? So like maybe for you, it's autonomy and like whatever. And maybe for me, it's like something else. Maybe for you, it's something else. And so I think part of what really makes not just women but anybody happy is understanding what are the things that are important to me and kind of accepting whatever the parts of me are that oh okay like whatever like for me I'm really sensitive about my appearance so you know instead of being obsessed with that and like whatever so okay that's the thing that I'm sensitive to so yeah, buying nice clothes makes me happy. And like even accepting that that's a part of who I am and it's not like 
bad, oh, I'm so vain that I care about looking good all the time. It's like, no, fine, that's who I am. I care about that. And if shopping makes me happy, I'm going to do it and it's fine. So I think having that awareness of yourself and like knowing, oh, these are the things that make me happy. These are the things that make me sad. Or like for me, maybe my career is really fulfilling to me and I want to pursue that. For me, having children is really fulfilling to me and that's like being a parent is fulfilling. Like, that awareness of like what is the thing that makes me happy and knowing that that's different from somebody else and, and what uh, makes you the happiest in a relationship me specifically or just yes oh yeah. okay all right um hmm that's a really good question um probably hmm i think for me one of the things that's really really makes me happy in a relationship and I think that's probably going to be different for you guys everyone's yeah. different mm-hmm. is feeling comfortable in a relationship and feeling like I can be 100% myself and that person sees and understands me and all the nuances of who I am and loves that and so I feel like I can be my best self around that person because they see the best parts of me mm-hmm. yeah and what you cherish to have in a relationship would make you happy and fulfillment. I feel like I'm in such not a mindset for being in a relationship. So I'm gonna answer just from my personal like relationship with myself. Um, what's what's making me really happy right now is I feel like before. I really liked relationships because it would let me explore different sides of myself, different, like somebody would bring out a really funny side of me, someone would bring out a really thoughtful, smart side of me, and I'd be like, oh, that's so interesting that I can be all these different people. Uh, But I think now, just not being in a relationship, it's really nice to be like, what am I like when I spend time by Mm. myself and alone, and I don't have someone else to contrast myself to or fit against or relate to, when it's just me by myself, what does that look like and what does that feel like? And that's been such a great experience. Incredible. Yeah. I agree with you. Well, ladies, thank you so much for this interview. I think we have lots to talk about. <laughs> yeah. We didn't just like had time enough. Hopefully you're gonna come back yeah. uh, on another time. We'd love to. And uh, it's a great project. I, I mean like doing something meaningful um, like out there in the world and a different perspective. Think like we have to rescue each other as human beings and mm. rescue what really yeah. matters through any kind of relationship and just not be part of the noise out there yeah. or regular stuff that we we see we hear and that's not yeah. very nice so thank you so much thank you for having us thank you it. so much for having yeah. us this was a great conversation and if anyone wants to do or wants to get one of the psychometric profiles that we offer to see you know, if they relate to it and if that helps them understand themselves better, it's for free online at helloiris.io. I'd love for you to do it too. Yeah. I, I would love to do it as yeah. well. Yeah. Great. 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 Awesome. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, girls. Thank you so much. It's so great. I feel like we can go for hours and hours. Yeah. So much. Wow. It's incredible how much we can grow when we see things with a different perspective, right? It can totally change our experience in any type of relationship. How important is to know ourselves first? Every feeling, 
every motion, every thought, and it's an easier way to understand our own reactions in every situation. Do you ask yourself often if you are truly happy with the person next to you and why? I invite you to evaluate this week the relationship you have with yourself and the one around you. And if you are uncomfortable with something, do everything you have to in order to feel better and happier. The key is to live in harmony. Don't forget to smile!